What's up, champs? Welcome to another episode of the Keeping Carlson Short Shifts Fantasy Hockey Podcast slash live stream coming to you live each and every Tuesday and Thursday night, twitch.tv slash Keeping Carlson. You should subscribe. Uh, Welcome to tonight's show. My name is Ben Burnett. Joining me, as per usual, my best fantasy hockey bud in the world, your pal and mine, Lewis, Mr. E. Ezekiel. Lewis, my friend, how are you doing this fine, fine Thursday evening? I'm doing good. I, I feel like I got a bit of a sugar rush. I took the kids to a uh, uh, a trunk or treat. So we've done a little bit of like pre-Halloween adventuring and uh, had a few pieces of candy. So I'm like ready to go. I feel like you should describe what your Halloween costume was because I loved it. Okay, I'll try and be quick. Our neighbors were on vacation in Tennessee, and a bear broke into their van and ate all of their edibles. <laughs> uh, so we obviously decided that I needed to be a bear for Halloween, and then as soon as my costume came in, I uh, like tried to to- tear into the neighbor's uh, van while they were obviously home. So I'm uh, I'm just you know annoying everybody as much as I possibly can. I'll go you flip over some mystery. trash cans next. Yeah, yeah, definitely causing some mischief. Exactly. That's what Halloween's all about, right? You're kind of the uh, the Dave Benton of your of your block. <laughs> yeah, just causing trouble because it's fun to do. Yes. All right, uh, Lewis. Thank you for joining us. And as I mentioned at the top, please hang out with us when we do these live streams, eight thirty Eastern every Tuesday, every Thursday. Uh, we are chatting in the chat. We are hanging out with all of our buds. We are answering questions as we go. Super fun time. And hey, me and Lewis, pretty handsome. So uh, it's it's fun in here. Yeah, no doubt. Let's get uh, into the show here. All right. And we have to start where, I mean, there's no doubt about where we're starting here. And that's about Brad Marchand, who is back, baby. Already, Brad Marchand has returned to the lineup for the Bruins. Uh, at first, it looked like he might be out through December or, or into December, at least. Um, then we got word a few weeks ago that it started to look like uh, they were t- the Bruins were targeting Thanksgiving. And then today, uh, the word came out, Brad Marchand is ready to go. He is not going to be playing back-to-back, so he's not going to be in the lineup tomorrow night versus Detroit. Kind of annoying for those of you who have a full lineup tonight and have to bench somebody to get Marchand in tonight. Would have been probably more helpful for him to have waited for the back-to-back the second night, but hey, uh, beggars can't be choosers. And uh, Marchand is already crushing it for his fantasy managers, a goal and an assist already. Looking really, really good to start. Um, jumps right back onto line one with Bergeron and DeBrusque while that Krejci line sticks together with uh, Pasternak and Hall in line two. And power play one is a five forward look with Bergeron, Marchand, Pasta, DeBrusque, and Krejci, which is a bit of a bummer for Lindholm owners. Um, he will be back on power play one tomorrow, of course, when Marchand does not play in the back-to-back. Uh, the second power play unit with Marchand in there, though, has Hampus Lindholm on power play two, meaning that Matt Grizzlick is getting zero power play time. I would probably hold both of those defensemen through the Thursday-Friday back-to-back, particularly Lindholm, who's been kind of decent, uh, five points in seven games so far. Uh, not counting tonight. Uh, Grizzlick has been hot to start as well. Three assists in his first three games since returning to the lineup, but not in a way where I'm like thinking that he's going to be a Devontae's type of, uh, or like um, uh, Bowen Byram type of uh, 
player who can value, be, yeah, yeah. yeah, you know what I mean? Like, I don't think he's going to be somebody who's worth holding on to in the lineup. I think the dream is dead for Grizzlick and, and for Lindholm. I think time is ticking down till McAvoy comes back. So all of this to say, Lewis, after all the hype this offseason about the Marchand surgery, whether he'd be able to return to full form, it's very interesting to see him come back a bit early because to me, it seems to suggest that I, I would not be worried if I knew that he would come back early because to me, it suggests that the Bruins and Marchand are not too worried about it. Uh, last season, he finishes with a 94-point pace. It was the first season he didn't hit a 100-point pace in five years. Very curious to know what your projections are for Marchand in 2023. I mean, yeah, this was an interesting one. Um, and actually, it came out that I guess the, this sort of was the plan all along. Like, they kept it, they said, close to the vest. Um, but that they had this early return kind of in mind for, for a little while now. So that's kind of interesting. Um, I'll admit I was pretty scared. Uh, I could have had Marshawn for, for pretty cheap, uh, at the auction. And I know a lot of people could have drafted him. You know, he was getting drafted what, like around the fifth round, I think. So obviously a ton of value there. He's back and looking great. So, you know, huge value to those folks who were, who were brave enough to go for it. I thought, you know, that double, that double hip surgery has, has felled other players before, like really brought down their play or, or pushed them towards an early retirement. So good on you, Brad. That is outstanding. Um, you know, as far as some of these other Bruins, Hampus Lindholm did, uh, get a power play assist. So I think I'm not ready to, to say that that five, player look that we saw for about half of the power play time that was available is necessarily, you know, for sure how things are going to look. I think things are a little chaotic. So it might be something where you want to look at the um, uh, last game lines on frozen tools just to get a sense of how things shake out by the end. We are, of course, recording, you know, after having had two periods. So we don't necessarily have the full picture, but yeah, really interesting um, and good for Lindholm owners to get in on that power play assist, even if uh, he might not be spending a ton of time on that line. I will, I will jump in here, Lewis, because that's interesting. You mentioned that it uh, looks like David Krejci off the top power play unit. So that's worth uh, worth monitoring if you're uh, if you're holding on to David Krejci, as I know our intrepid producer John is, and he is likely cringing uh, off screen right now. Yeah, I was very enthusiastic about Krejci, but I definitely do worry if he is. Uh, you know, I thought he was going to have a longer time on power play one because we thought we were going to have a, a big player, a big piece missing for a bit longer, but. Uh, as far as projections for Marshawn moving forward, I mean, uh, I, I haven't seen him play with my own two eyes, but folks, you know, in the Discord are saying he looks like his old self. You know, he's got a goal and an assist already in this game. And if he's going to get, you know, some extra rest here and there without these back-to-backs, I think besides, you know, this one, there's not another one until the middle of November. So I don't think it's going to cost you a ton of games. Um, and, you know, eventually I imagine he will be doing some of these back-to-backs, just not early in his return. So uh, it seems like you're missing a shockingly small number of games. I definitely like him to pace for, you know, I, I want to be conservative here, but like conservative, I think we could say point per game conservatively, I think, oh, moving yes. forward. I, I think that is conservative. Exactly. Yeah. I would, I would say like 90 points is a pretty reasonable estimate for Marchand and, uh, yeah, we'll see how uh, we'll see how things go as as he sort of adjusts to it. I agree with you that I don't think he'll miss every back to back. It does remind of uh, of the Rope Hint season a few years ago, where where we found out after the season that he was being held out of of back to backs, and it yeah, was with so luck, uh, 
with luck, we'll get a little more guidance on that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wonder, I wonder too, if, you know, if we know ahead of time, like hopefully we'll get, um, and maybe an IR des- designation. I wonder, I wonder if they'll do that. Like, the, you know, is it a healthy scratch really if he's being, I don't know. We'll see. No, no. I would, I would guess that he goes day to day when he's not playing because he, he's out for the end. Yeah. I think that load management type of thing will probably, uh, get him a DD, a DTT. DTD designation. Lewis, I need you to take the next uh, segment here because obviously I'm floundering. Yeah, you just got to reach deep and and dig out your Kirby. Talk about King DTD. Oh my gosh. I'm only I'm on I'm on it because you had that little Kirby carrying everything when you were the only uh, KK podcaster to win last week. So he was carrying all of us. All right. Uh, let's talk about another guy who might be making a uh, relatively quick return. Um, Aaron Eckblad uh, looking like mid November is the target uh, for his return. Uh, I know in the in the card that you pulled up, you talked about, you know, is this is this a, maybe an option to go in and get a buy low opportunity? Maybe. Um, but I imagine most Ekblad owners, you know, they have him as their number one or number two defenseman. Uh, and I wonder, you know, I imagine they're paying pretty close attention to any news coming about out about him because they're anxious to get him back in the lineup. Uh, I actually have an alternative strategy for you. And you tell me what you think of this. I would say maybe when it's, you know, first week of November, start sending out some feelers on Gustav Forsling's owners, you know, with the suggestion that, oh, you know, Aaron Ekblad's return, a loss of some power play time on ice, you know, that might be costly for him. I really don't think his power play time uh, does very much to affect uh, uh, G-Force's value. Um, and so you might be able to get him for relatively cheap. I like him as a depth defenseman. He has a goal here on Thursday night. Uh, so yeah, I would maybe be kicking the tires on G-Force. I don't think the Ekblad folks are going to be like, oh, I waited a month to get him back and now I'm going to send him off. But you never know. You might catch somebody who doesn't know that, uh, that return time is a little sooner maybe than they think. I would, I would not go after Gustav Forsling myself, uh, just because A, no power play points on the season. So I don't think that too many people are going to be worried about, like, I think there are probably any Gustav Forsling uh, any manager with Gustav Forsling is going to that that you could grift into trading him to you on the cheap is not going to know that he's on the power play. <laughs> you know <laughs> what right. I mean? Yeah, like yeah, the, that's a good point. Um, but the other piece is that he is currently pacing for sixty two points, so that is not a not the type of player that I would be kicking tires on. Uh, because I expect that to go down to forty forty five points. So, um, yeah, to me, yeah, to, that could be a buy high. Yeah, yeah, I see your point there. I would say, yeah, I would say you are buying high, and I don't think that he is going to uphold that production. All right. Well, uh, we talked quite a bit about Columbus uh, during our last show, and we have uh, some new developments in Columbus. Do you want to take the lead on this one? Yes. Let's talk about Columbus, the team that I feel like every season there's some sort of drama on this team that causes us to go to them so disproportionately to how high they factor in the standings. They're a very interesting hockey team, I would say. I think people invest a lot of hope in them. There's a lot mm. of hopium out there for the old Columbus Blue Jackets. Mm, sure. Cannon fodder. Um, <laughs> Roslovic, Jackie, Jackie R, as we call him, has uh, replaced... Boone Jenner on line one as of uh, as of yesterday in practice. Power play one as well. Also on that top power play. That's exactly right. So we had a lot of questions in the Discord and on Twitter about Jack Roslovic. He was 5% rostered on Yahoo today. Um, and also a lot of questions about dropping Boone Jenner. I personally 
am still waiting to see what Roslovic does on the top line. To me, it seems very preemptive to to rush out and and try and get in on a guy who is joining a line and has not produced with that line just yet, uh, no matter how good those line mates are. Because to me, it's just as easy for them to switch back to Boone Jenner if Roslovic goes, you know, if they have one bad period, what's to say that it's not Boone Jenner back there? I think the the key piece here, though, is that Columbus has a terrible schedule the next three weeks. There's only two games each of the next two weeks and a six-day gap between games from this Saturday through next Friday. So if you're grabbing a guy like Jack Roslovic, you're going to have to like hold him on to He's just going to ride your bench for basically a full week, and then you'll get him for two nights and then basically have to... Uh, to take a GP disadvantage the following week as well to keep him on your roster. Now, if you believe in Jack Roslovic and believe in his ability to hold on to that spot on the top line, then that might be worth it to you. I personally am uh, am pretty nervous about that. I, I That's not really my type of streamer, not the type of player I typically add. Um, I like to see somebody who's actually producing in a role or somebody who is has a really nice schedule moving up, uh, moving forward. It does impact me sometimes. You know, you're going to miss out on on some people who are snapped up too quickly for you. But it also means that, you know, it just goes with my my general strategy in terms of maximizing games played. And, and that's how I like to play. But Lewis, what about you? Are you, are you a little bit more hype on Roslovic than me? I mean, I do think that he could be really interesting. He has had some success. Um I, I, my ethos is kind of similar to yours in that I, the way I think about it though is that it is less painful psychologically for me to miss out on someone who ends up being good than it is to drop someone who is, you know, to lose someone who then goes on to perform well. Um, so, you know, I wouldn't want to drop someone, uh, you know, playing well. And we had some interesting suggestions of folks to potentially drop, uh, on Twitter and on Discord. At any rate, um, what I kind of like him for is if he sticks around on the waiver wire, like if people are kind of cool on him, I would love him for a couple days worth of streaming, like for those Finland games, right? Uh, if he stays with Line A, Line A was so productive uh, the last time he played in Finland a few years ago. You know, just going by vibes, and and we are doing fantasy hockey by vibes this season. Yes. I, I am interested in doing a you know quick couple days stream with him if he sticks around on the waiver wire. But if he gets snapped up by someone else, you know, I'm not gonna be I'm not gonna be crying over that too much because as you say, you know, game one in Finland could be Roslovic, and by game two it could be back to Jenner. So uh, I mean, he yeah, could be off it tomorrow. Like there's, sure. there's, yeah. So I, I'm with you. It sounds like we're on the same page here. A few other notes on Columbus right now. Uh, nice to see Kent Johnson um, get a couple of looks on this team. Drafted in the top five two years ago, has scored in the last three games, I believe. And the emergence of David Jiracek, uh a 2022 first round pick up on the second power play. Not somebody who I'm probably uh, going to grab unless he, you know, maybe there's a Zach Wierenski injury. I'm I'm sort of doing the Davey B uh, um, bad vibe jinx, I guess. But yeah, just a, a couple of players to watch for in Columbus. Yeah, anyone but Boquist. I just remember last year, Boquist would, would come in every time Wierenski got injured and I'd be all over him and he would just produce nothing. So I'm excited for other folks to get a, to get a chance out there. 
All right, Lewis, we are going to take a very quick break. And when we return, we have a bunch of hot streaks, a couple of cold streaks, and a lot of good times ahead. You're listening to Short Shifts. All right, Lewis, let's hop into the streak section of the show. We got a lot of players we want to talk about. And we're going to start with a guy who is maybe the hottest player in the NHL right now. And that's Dominic Kubalik, a guy who has been all over the fantasy hockey uh, podcast landscape. We've been talking about him on our show. He's come up on Keeping Carlson. Uh, definitely somebody who I would recommend making sure that they are that he is on your team. He is only 67% rostered, uh, which I say only because, you know, prior to the season uh, is probably below 5%. Uh, but at this point, it probably should be like 75 or or more percent. Um, yeah, that hat streak is, you know, incomparable right now. Yeah, so up to 10 points in his last five games since joining Dylan Larkin on that top line and top power play. Um, and looking like he's kind of back to the guy he was when he was a fantasy asset in Chicago. Uh, back up to almost three uh, shots per game like he had in those initial years in Chicago. Um, and in those years in Chicago, he was he was in between a 55 to 60 point guy, those those two years in a row where he sort of broke out. And then it was last year where he really fell off the map and, and was below a half point per game. Um, when we look at the 10 points that he's put up in six games so far, he's pacing for over 130 points on the season. Obviously, uh, there are a lot of markers that indicate that that's an unsustainable total. Uh, he's shooting 25%. His on-ice shooting percentage is also way too high at 18%. That's honestly um, crazier than the 25% shooting. Oh, it's much like crazier. personal shooting, right? Yeah, that no, 18% no, no. team shooting is, is wild. Yes, that is not uh, something that anyone... Like, we've seen 25... Like, I think Chris Kreider put up like 20% last year or whatever. Uh, we never see 18% uh, sustained. So that one is going to drop precipitously. Is, is that a word? Nice. Yeah, you nailed yeah. it. Okay, I thought I said it wrong. Uh, <laughs> both those numbers are basically double what I would expect to see from him rest of the season. Um, his point participation rate, which is the percentage of goals he gets points on while he's on the ice, is also much too high at 90%. I'd expect that to come down to around 60 to 65%. So when I think about Dominic Kubalik and what kind of player I expect him to be rest of season... This feels to me a lot like the Troy Terry of of 2023, where he comes out, he's just blowing up the league. Everybody, nobody sees it coming, and he's putting up this torrid pace that is clearly unsustainable. But he still does deserve to be rostered. He's not like I don't think that Kubalik is necessarily going to come down. Uh, to the point where he's like not worth having on a, a fantasy team this year. I think that he he might just be rosterable and good for the rest of the year. I do think that completely depends on his deployment, though. And the numbers we're seeing so far, as I mentioned, so unsustainable. I would say he's more likely a 60 to 65 point guy if things, you know, if the deployment holds. So if I had Kubalik anywhere, I'd be trying to sell. If you're in a league like a couple where people are likely too skeptical to buy into a hot streak like this, like I had Troy Terry last year and I ended, or I, I ended up trading for Troy Terry and I got him so cheap because people, I, I think there's kind of this psychology where people are like, well, it's a, a hot streak. So I have to sell because he won't be this good forever. And I think t to some extent, 
it like don't sell him for nothing like don't go out and get like a don't go out and get a 60 point guy because you expect him to be there eventually like hold on to him unless you can get a 70 plus 80 point guy because he that's what you should be holding out for right now and then if he goes down you got him off the waiver wire so who cares so i'd be holding on and enjoying the ride yeah i really like that approach and definitely we want to keep an eye on you know, how things are going to uh, continue to develop with that forward depth. You know, uh, Tyler Bertuzzi will be back at some point. Jakob Verana may be back at some point. Um, and so, yeah, you know, I, I'm hoping that, you know, as someone who is holding him, that he has kind of forced his way, you know, to be a permanent top six fixture. Um, it seems like hard, I think, for the Red Wings to, to find a way to, to push him down lower than that uh, with the way that he's playing right now. And he really seems to have some great chemistry with Dylan Larkin. So, yeah, I think, yeah, I'm in, I, I have him in Cupful. No one is going to no one is going to take him from me at a price that I think is going to be, you know, that great. So I'm just going to hang on and, and enjoy having a Red Wing that's fun to cheer for. Uh, so I want to move to another player who is really hot unsustainably so uh, but definitely deserves to be more rostered than he is with his current deployment it's relatively recent so i think that number is climbing i am talking about chandler stevenson uh this is a guy who's been hot with a point a game over the last four um and uh, he is lined up with Stone and Eichel. So this is a relatively new line just the last few games. Um, but it has been absolutely crushing the opposition. Uh, it's been controlling 61% of the shot attempts, which is very strong. But the really incredible part is the actual shots uh, on goal, like that are getting all the way through. Uh, they've created 24 over the past three games, uh, and their opponents have managed to get eight on net. So that is a 75% share of actual shots that are getting through and hitting the goalie. I don't really know what's going on with this line that's causing opponents to miss 17 of their 25 shot attempts. I don't know if they're blocking like crazy or what. I really want to take a look at it and I'm going to keep my eye on that space uh, because I really want to see if they can keep it up. You could look at Fenwick for because that is unblocked shot attempts. So you would it would delineate which of those are being blocked versus which are uh yeah. So to clarify, I, it's not that I, it's not that I, uh, uh, am incapable of finding it out, but more that I, I didn't do it in preparation for the show, but just kind of an interesting thing that I'm trying to keep my eyes on here. Um, so, you know, this has been an offense defense combo that's really been outstanding. Uh, but the numbers are unsustainable, uh, for Stevenson's production. Uh, he has been in on a hundred percent of the goals scored while he's on the ice, which he won't keep up. Um, but it is encouraging that all four of his assists at even strength have been primary assists. Uh, so he's really earning all the points that he's getting. He's not just, you know, making a clear and then someone else makes a great pass. So love to see those primary points. Uh, he is shooting over 20%, so expect a return to his typical kind of mid-teens as we get a larger sample size with more shots. Um, but uh, he's also gotten 50% or higher power play time on ice uh, the last three games. Uh, and though he hasn't scored a power play point yet this year, if he can get some of that power play production going, uh, it might mitigate a little bit the regression that I expect to see from some goals being scored while he's out there that he doesn't get in on. Uh, and maybe if that uh, shooting percentage comes down a little bit, uh, as long as he is on that line with Eichel and Stone, uh, this is a guy who should absolutely be in your lineup every time you get a chance to play it. He's only 50% rostered on Yahoo, like I said, but he was up 13% yesterday. So I would say that window is closing and closing fast snap him up if he is on the wire in your league i'm with you there my friend and uh i have to tell you we have a trade to announce the oh, that's really exciting 
the Boston Bruins have dealt forward Jack Studnicka, Studnicka to the Vancouver Canucks in exchange for goalie Michael DiPietro and defenseman Jonathan Myrenberg. Jonathan Myrenberg? Uh, I know. Unbelievable. I know. So, uh, yes, tune into the mega show on Sunday <laughs> to hear that broken down by Brian and Elon. You got me excited there for a minute. I'm sorry. Uh, Lewis, I'm going to take you to Anaheim and throw some cold water on the show. We have a cold streak to get to. And this is actually somebody who did come up on Keeping Carlson last week. John Klingberg. Uh, Brian and Elon got into a big argument about whether Klingberg was better than Carlson. Um, I don't know why Brian was arguing because he was clearly wrong. Carlson is the better <laughs> option. And uh, Johnny Klingberg has since then not been back on the top power play unit. Ouch. Still has just two points in seven games played and none in his last six. Fewer than two shots per game. And as I said, no power play or no top power play time the last two. Instead, Jamie Drysdale is back up there, has not done much with the role. And I'm not advocating that folks go out to add Drysdale I'm just bringing up Klingberg because he remains 75% rostered, and that number is wild. He should be dropped in so many leagues. Like, we're talking about a position where, like, we nobody has looked for the Ducks' top power play defenseman in years, and the team is not good, and they don't have a defenseman who is going to make that unit very, very good. Drop John Klingberg. Just yeah, I think he is very droppable per the uh, per the graphic on screen. Yeah. Um, hey, uh, I'm, I was just thinking about who maybe was the last exciting uh, player to uh, man the Ducks power play uh, that was like worth rostering, and this is like back when I was like first listening to Keeping Carlson. But is it Sammy Vatanen was the last one that was really interesting and worth having? I remember he went on a crazy hot streak, uh, and I traded him for Henrik Lundqvist. In a, in a clown league, but... <laughs> Whoa. Oh, that rocks. Um, yeah. I remember there was a year where Cam Fowler was good. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that long that, year. Is that it? Like, yeah, it might... That's so wild. At least, at least in my fantasy hockey playing career, which, you know, only extends about 10 years back. But, mm-hmm. yeah, not a lot of excitement on that blue line. Hey, let's talk about another boring player uh, to close out the show here. Um Wait, when you say boring, you don't mean a guy who... you. I don't mean boring. Sorry. Cam Fowler is boring. Lucas Raymond is exciting and has potential, but he is uh, uh, not snoozing right now, but he is uh, struggling, certainly. <laughs> um, so, you know, uh, Raymond is someone that we thought about talking about last show and we sort of let him go. And, and you know, now he still hasn't really produced anything very exciting. Um, you know, there are a few positive signs. Uh, he's shooting more at even strength uh, than last year. Um, last I checked, he was up to about nine shots per 60 minutes, where last year he was up uh, just around seven. Um, and, you know, he the shooting is not, you know, uh, the shooting is not dominant Kubalik level when he's out there. Um, he's only getting about 7% uh, shooting percentage while he's been out on the ice, uh, obviously away from Kubalik lately. Um the only thing I'm worried about is that he has participated in about two thirds of the goals that he's been on the ice for at even strength. So that probably to me seems like around the ceiling of his individual points percentage. We just really need to see some more scoring. But while he is on a second line with Andrew Kopp and Joe Valeno, I just don't see a ton of opportunity there. You know, again, that the new depth was supposed to be one of the big strengths for the Red Wings, but obviously losing Bertuzzi, losing Verona early, um, 
has really impacted that. And those depth players, like really, if you're not on top line, top power play uh, for the Red Wings, unfortunately, it seemed like a spot where there might be some excitement. But as of right now, uh, not looking great. You know, I, this may just be a typical sophomore slump, uh, and hopefully he'll work his way through it. Certainly has the potential once he starts going to, to score at a 65-point pace. Um, you know, with the right line combination, with the right deployment. Uh, not someone that I'm looking to drop right now, but definitely someone that I am watching as kind of a low roster guy. I don't want to get caught snoozing with him. I don't want to get caught, you know, uh, with a little bit of um, sunk cost and not grab somebody new and interesting when I'm just hanging on to, to, to Razor waiting for something to happen. Well, Lewis, I mean, even look back to last year and, and he did come out the gate so, so strong. 21 points in the first 22 games last season, first 22 games of his career, uh, looked like he was going to be a full-fledged superstar out the box. And ever since that that near point per game first quarter of 2022, uh, Lucas Raymond has 38 points in 67 games. Uh, that is a 47-point pace in the la- over the last 67 games, and that makes up the majority of his career. So... I don't know. Maybe he just isn't quite there yet and and requires a little bit more time, requires some more uh some some stronger deployment. I don't know what it is, but uh yeah, definitely somebody who at this point I would be beginning to look at cutting my losses on, I think. Yeah, I'm looking at the schedule here and first off, he's only scored points in one game where he got two assists, which is concerning, but he has no goals on what 14 shots or so here. Um, they have games against Minnesota and Buffalo, and I think if he is continuing to not see much production uh, in those games, then I'm going to be thinking about maybe letting go. And people definitely are. He was 75% rostered yesterday. He's only 61% rostered today. Uh, so people are starting to get away uh, from Raymond right now. So would love to see him turn it around. But yeah, I think uh, I think if he makes it to Halloween and hasn't produced, uh, then we're thinking snoozer territory. It is nice to see as I as I turn to Frozen Tools that Raymond is up on power play one tonight. So he is playing with the Larkin, uh, Perron, and Kubalik unit. So maybe that's something. And and I agree with you about the the upcoming games with with Minnesota. Maybe tough to score on uh, my boy Mikey Comrie, uh, who I always say the wrong name. Eric Mike <laughs> Eric Mike say. Comrie. Um, yeah, you're just no. bringing up Wolverines because you know I enjoy it. Anyway, that's enough time. <laughs> no, I, I, I kid. Uh, yeah, I, I would be holding on to see if he can kind of get things going on the top power play. And and like you said, a couple of games against some goalies who haven't been too hot uh, of late. Uh, Lewis, that is all the time we have. It, it's not just because you mentioned your home state. It's because we have veered into the medium to long shift territory coach is going to be unhappy with us uh but i had a great time and i hope that everybody comes to hang out with us on twitch next week when we return yeah me too another really fun fantasy week uh going in the books before we see you next so good luck over the weekend hope everything comes up uh lots of goals for your folks uh, please be sure to give us a follow on Twitter at ShortShiftsKK. You can find Brian and Elon at Keeping Carlson and Dave Benton of the Stream Scheme at NHL Stream Scheme. Definitely recommend you follow the Game Day suite of accounts at Game Day Lines, at Game Day Goalies, and at Game Day News. And if you don't love the little Twitter bird, uh, you can head over to Game Day Tweets. Uh, the website will organize everything for you very nicely. I probably use it two or three times a day at a minimum. 
Uh, our intro and outro music was created by Pat Roach. Our lovely on-screen graphics put together by John Reed. And until we see you next time, play smart and keep your shifts short. <laughs> <laughs>